Welcome to the Spirit School of Ministry podcast, where we discuss discipleship in your everyday life. All right, welcome to the podcast for the Spirit School of Ministry. My name is David Lean. This is Liz Jones. This is Bob Wilk. And we are teachers and ministers at the Spirit School of Ministry. And today we want to talk about what's really our focus at Spirit School of Ministry, which is discipleship, making disciples, the thing that Jesus told us we should be doing. Um, So I'm just going to start us off and ask you guys what you think of when I say the word disciple. What comes to your mind, either of you guys? Well, I uh, I think of Jesus's charge to make disciples. It's, it has to be intentional. It's specific charge. It's not just a generalization for me personally. So that when, when I hear disciples, I think of what God said to do mm-hmm. in the process. Making yeah. disciples of all nations. Mm-hmm. Yes. All people. Everywhere. Yes. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. a big job. Yeah, That's a big is. job. That's but it's a... sort of a loaded term though, right? Like disciple or disciple or discipleship. It's not it's not that easy to understand, like mm. for me. Um I think of like a learner. I you know, I'm a nerd, so I think of like the Padawan in Star Wars. There's the Jedi Knight <laughs> and there's the Padawan and he's the disciple. He's the great he's the apprentice to the great master. Um, much as we are apprentices to the great dean of our school, Pastor Bob. Wow. Um, I'm just kidding. No, but Jesus is the true. <laughs> he's the true disciple master, right? Like, who's someone really? <laughs> like, who are we trying to learn from as disciples? It'd be Jesus, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, absolutely. Right? It's oh, not just I mean, the world hopefully, from, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah. And people might get messed up by that. Sometimes people could get locked into one particular figure or one particular Christian leader, and they say that's the person discipling me, or that's my my mentor. When that's great if the person's imitating Jesus, um, but ultimately we have to be following him through his word so we know who's even someone worthy of imitating. Absolutely. Um, And I believe that, um, me personally, I believe that only a disciple, a person who's been discipled, can actually disciple someone. mm -hmm. I don't think it just comes, anybody can run in and start discipling someone. Mm -hmm. I think they've had to have that uh, discipleship encounter Mm -hmm. uh, and manifestation in their own life. Or yeah. else they're just, what are they bringing? They're bringing about something they just thought about or heard about, not something they've experienced and are living in. Mm-hmm. And this is the problem, like you were talking about, with leaders who, uh, you know, somebody idolizes the leader. And then, all lo and behold, like we see a lot today of, is, you know, people start to fall. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, all of their uh, belief system, all of the discipleship foundation rests on that leader rather than on like you were, you know, speaking about Jesus Christ himself, because that's, you're making disciples for him, mm-hmm. not just for yourself. Yeah. And I think that's where the intentionality comes in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I believe so. Yeah. So we're talking about disi- discipling, disciplers, disciples, and we should talk about like what that means. Mm-hmm. What is a disciple? Yeah, yeah I think so. Um, well, to teacher, me, like a, teacher David, a teacher David. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> rabbi, disciple, rabbi David. A disi- there's only one rabbi. That's Jesus. So <laughs> to remember our Bible, that's uh, <laughs> disciples actually have a lot to do. It has a lot to do with the word of God. It has a lot to do with letting his words abide in you. And Jesus said, if my words abide in you, you're truly yeah. my disciple. And so that's, that's a huge element. But um, if I was to boil it down and make it simple, a disciples is just somebody that pays attention to Jesus. Actually, like when Jesus speaks, they're willing to surrender and do what he says. Um, yeah. And in order to do that, you have to pay attention to Jesus. 
So there's many ways that we teach people in our discipleship training to pay attention to him. They could be called spiritual disciplines, a word, you know, right? Discipline, disciple, Um, discipline is involved in it. But disciplines are just ways to pay attention to Jesus. So uh, discipline could be meditating on the scripture. Mm -hmm. It could be praying. It could be taking a Sabbath. Uh, It could be confessing your sin. It could be, um, you know, there's many of them. Taking communion, having fellowship, serving people, they're all spiritual disciplines. Silence is one. Um, They're all ways of of tuning out the world in order to obey Jesus and in order to pay attention to what he's saying. So a disciple is somebody that has many ways of turning their ear towards Jesus and turning their eyes towards Jesus. And um, and the critical thing, I think, um, is to see there's a difference between just like just being a spectator of Jesus and, and somebody that is going to, when he says something, do it mm-hmm. and follow him and surrender, even if it's not what you wanted to hear. I don't know what you guys think about that. How would you guys add to the the thought of a disciple? Well, I was thinking about, um, you know, when Jesus called his disciples, there was actually a, there was a separation that had to happen, right? Mm-hmm. He was like, you have to leave something yeah, and then yeah. you have to pick up your cross and you have to follow me. And whoever is, he said, whoever doesn't do these things is not worthy to be called a disciple, right? right? So there's actually requirements that is different than just like you were saying, like observing Jesus or even listening to his mm-hmm. teaching and being like, wow, that's really good. Let me take mm-hmm. that in. There was actually some commitment that was required. There was some leaving of things that was required and there was some taking up of like, I have to carry things. I have to be determined. And when you're talking about like following, um, when you follow someone, like you have to pay attention to where they're going. Yeah. Right? I think, a, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like great I think a, to kind of stick with them. I think yeah. a big component of it is there's a tremendous amount of relationship involved in mm-hmm. discipleship. If it's just instructor teacher, if that's the whole setup, it's there's that's not enough to disciple somebody because okay. that person is not carrying the heart. Mm-hmm. And so, like you said, Jesus, he didn't just say, "Hey, take my course, do what I say." Mm-hmm. No, he's like, "You need to follow me. You have right. to see what I do and do that." And in that yeah. process, you're going to have to lose your life. Mm-hmm. To this in this process, mm-hmm. so there's a big commitment, and that's why discipleship. Is so easy <laughs> and so simple, and why everybody does it, yeah, right? Like, I mean, exactly. like it's like That's trying right. to convince somebody to be a disciple. You know, to d- be discipled is a very interesting thing because if if you just give it to them on just a you know a kind of a floaty high level, you know, oh no, you're going to be educated and just have so much knowledge of the Bible, right? Great, but when they have to lose their life, now mm-hmm. we're you know. Yeah, Something I was thinking really about <laughs> about that. Like, what, how different would it have been if the disciples just met with Jesus once a week oh. for you know, like a church service like a, <laughs> or, or teaching? You know what I mean? How about a like, Zoom meeting? That would be even better. Yeah, I mean, I just like what would the the accounts of the gospels would be incredibly, incredibly different, right? Because they wouldn't have watched all of the ways that he interacted with people and like how that he was a human. And he got tired and he got tired of being around people and tried to get away and, but still was faithful to, you know what I mean? Like they saw the humanity of who he was and there were so many conversations that happened that wouldn't have happened if it was just like a scheduled meeting time, right. you know, which I think is a lot of times how we Christians approach life. Like, well, I'm just going to mm-hmm. interact at this determined time yes. and then the rest of it is separate and that's not, yeah. it's not discipleship, at least the way that Jesus modeled it. I think also, 
it's hard. It may be as hard or harder on the person doing the discipling <laughs> as the person being discipled. Poor Jesus. I mean, everybody looks right. Everybody looks at it their way. Like, oh wow, I'm going to have to go like do that discipleship thing, and mm-hmm. it's, it requires so much of my life. Meanwhile, a true discipler has to be just as transparent, just as engaged, just as open to bring their life to that person and share it with them. And so oh, it's yeah. not just a one-way street. It really requires the a discipler to give. Mm-hmm. Totally. I think that's so key is that you cannot, um, if you're not willing to be open and vulnerable yourself, you can't, your life isn't going to impact anybody else because they're not seeing the real you. They're not seeing the victories that Jesus has forged in your life. And one of the most effective ways I've found to to help somebody is to open up about if they're struggling in an area, and I have, I'll open up about that. And I'll say, this is this is the scripture that helped me, and this is how people held me accountable, and this is how I saw progressive victory. And you can do it. It gives hope. And like, hey, the word actually will allow you to conquer. And here's how you know the word will produce that in your life. But if you're just trying to be some you know, Sultan at the top of the temple telling them you need to do this. And why don't you know this doctrine? And you know, you're sinning and that's wrong. And um, you're not, you're not really coming alongside them by the spirit. And he wants Mm -hmm. to walk by them and and pull them through those things. Mm -hmm. Um, And it makes me think about how I was discipled. And that was just something I thought would be interesting to talk about is like, how were we each discipled? Because were you guys, I don't know. Yeah. Have you guys been discipled? I I was (laughs) discipled uh, actually by when I look at it, because I believe you can be discipled by a couple of people, not just one or mm-hmm. several. Depends how uh, how much you trust them and how much you're going to let them in, like I said, and how much they're going to let you into their life. Mm-hmm. And so, for me, uh, you know, my the pastor uh, of our church, uh, she discipled me mm-hmm. very closely in many ways, and it took a lot of time over a lot of years. Yeah, actually, um, and uh, and then of course I've had I have very close um, men in church that brothers that I've grown up with for many years who we actually uh, yielded to each other like that like mm-hmm. became accountable in that and discipled together if you will and then there are certain times when all of a sudden they are discipling you in certain in certain ways, mm-hmm. they're showing you how they walk. So, you know, these were brothers who were maybe older and, you know, had been in the Lord before I came. And then uh, I saw that and I didn't want to just emulate them necessarily, but I wanted to emulate how Christ was being formed in them and showing through them. You, yeah. know, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And it's a very, it's an interesting thing because like I said, the problem is you then will idolize people because I saw those people just like you do with people you disciple, you opened up to, to them and you let them see that you've gone through, uh, you know, things also mm-hmm. that you had to work through in the word, not mm-hmm. just on your own strength. Mm-hmm. And that God had to come in and strengthen you. And God had to deliver you and God had to set your life straight. But you opened up enough so that people could speak to that part of your life and you were transparent there. Uh, those are you know, I, I hold on to that like uh, it's like gold in my life. Yeah. I mean, I, I can never forget that. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. For me, um, I I mean, for me, growing up in a Christian home um, with and not just Christian in name, but Christian in mm-hmm. 
living. You know, my parents were my first disciples, and they awesome. um, they did it very well. I mean, we established, they established altar of <laughs> worship in our house and teaching, and um, they were very faithful to that. And I, you know, attribute any <laughs> any of my walk with the beginning walk with the Lord was because of their diligence to. They intentionally discipled us as kids. It wasn't just let me take you to church and the church can do it. They were very intentional yeah. with us, and I um, am so indebted to that that they took the time and the effort to make that a priority. Mm-hmm. Um, as I started to get older, you know, you kind of are looking for like, okay, my parents are still very influential, but I need another voice in my life, mm-hmm. and I didn't really have anyone that was intentional with me for quite a while. I had people that loved me and taught me and all of that. So I didn't feel like neglected or anything, but it wasn't until, you know, this guy (laughs) Mm. for whatever reason decided to, um, invest in my life. So yeah, Uh, you paid me a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It it, it cost me everything. Everything. Yeah. But, um, But it just I really appreciate someone taking the the time because it is a time commitment, you know, and it is a life commitment. It's like let me, you know, invite you in to walk with me and pour into you and and correct you and say the hard things and all of that, you know. But um, that's been kind of the main influence. You know, I I don't I didn't want to skip by like I thought it was a really important part in the beginning, and I, I'm going to ask David about this too. Is you said your parents uh, discipled you, mm-hmm. and it instantly triggered in my mind. You know, in in the Acts, the uh, a disciple, I believe, it was Philip. Had I mean, you don't hear from him for a long time, and all of a sudden he pops up again after you know being one of the server guys, and all, mm-hmm. and he's got daughters mm-hmm. that prophesy, mm-hmm. and it's really interesting to me because to me it spoke that these young ladies by then i guess they're younger i don't know they could be a whole span of age because you don't hear about them for like 20 years like these ladies had been grown up in the lord by their parents Mm. you don't hear about his wife but i'm sure there was a wife there obviously and but you know they you know so he i look at it like he discipled them and when you said that it just triggered in my mind like oh that's parents discipling somebody yeah. And that was it's even a guy serious. who traveled a lot. He teleported from one place to another. <laughs> he was yes. still able to disciple his family. And they were, and even in, um, if you look at other translations like the um, the NASB, it's they were prophetesses. Like they had yes. an office of in the church of authority, right? And he he raised them up to that point. So mm-hmm. wow. that's great. And I think that's true whether it's our, our flesh and blood kids or whether it's our spiritual kids. Because I was thinking, um, you know, I have many teachers, like Paul said. He said, mm-hmm. you guys have many teachers, but you do not have many fathers yes. yeah. in Christ. People that would pour in and take an interest in you. You can only do that for so many people. That really takes takes it out of you, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. like you mentioned Jesus falling asleep in the boat and getting tired and needing a break. Because he was pouring everything in. And so we have to see the people we're discipling in a sense as we're fathering them like mm-hmm. from God the Father, even if they're older than us, which can be a really fine mm-hmm fine line to walk. But I mean, I'm thinking I have many teachers that have grown me in the Lord, just people that I've even mm. listened to online, like John Piper and Tim Keller, C.S. Lewis. I read his, a lot of his stuff and I really value those people, Charles Spurgeon, but they didn't disciple me. Right. Right. They didn't father me. Um, they didn't mother me. My mom, like Liz mentioned her parents, my mom discipled me, taught me how to study the Bible, you know, taught me, she prayed for me. Um, you know, my, uh, 
my pastor, Scott, youth pastor, he taught me how to minister. Mm-hmm. He's like, he would just bring me along to Costco and he was shopping for youth trips or for, mm-hmm. for fun events. It just included me in everything he was doing. And that was back when I couldn't even talk to anybody. I was such an introvert and he would just, he still believed in me and was like bringing me along on stuff. Um, he included you in his life. He did. Yeah. And yeah, I've, yeah. I, he always, nice. you know, treated me as a friend and a brother, but he was pouring into me and he was fathering me. Mm. Um, you know, other people like Larry, this guy, you know, man of God, Larry, he taught me a lot about evangelism. He's probably the most soft-spoken guy you'd ever meet, mm-hmm. but he would, we would go walk around and speak to people about Jesus and, um, listen to them and pray for them. Right. I learned so much just by seeing what he did. And yeah. those people just took time. You know, you uh, when you talk about fathers and mothers, and I, and I think, you know, in the scriptures, but in the end of the Old Testament, where it's turning the hearts of the fathers, you know, to the children, children, to the fathers. And um, I think that goes way beyond just natural fathers and mothers, too. Absolutely. Because I believe when you disciple somebody, you must get into a uh, relationship with them at that level, mm. where you're so uh, committed and responsible not just to them, but before God for them. Uh, and by the way, I don't believe that a discipler is a mommy and a daddy. I believe they're a father and a mother. And I think there's a significant difference in mm-hmm. that. I believe that when we disciple people, we are uh, growing them into maturity, not keeping them as a child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things, uh, like you were speaking to earlier, is that sometimes when people think, well, I go to church, so that's I'm discipled. Sometimes, not all the times, but sometimes just going to church will keep you as a child. It actually it, won't grow you right. it, 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 because you're being fed all the time by mm-hmm. somebody else. Mm-hmm. And if that's the extent of what you think discipleship is, then it's very limited and you're kept in a uh, immature state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to dovetail on what you're saying in Colossians 1, 28 through 29, Paul gives a little insight into how he discipled his church. Mm-hmm. And he says, he's talking about Jesus and he says, him, we proclaim warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ for this. I toil struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works in me. So Paul said that my one goal is just to help people be mature and it takes all the energy of God (laughs) for me to do this because it's true. I look at myself, I'm like, I'm so immature still in so many areas and it takes a lot of effort from the Lord to even like iron out one of my creases that I have, you know, well, I think it takes a lot of effort for, from people around a person and it's probably why there may be less disciplers than we actually need (laughs) because it's such a big commitment to disciple somebody, mm-hmm. you know. I think of, uh, uh, you know, in uh, R.A. Torrey, you know, he wrote, you know, How to Work for Christ over 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still very effective. But he talks, um, you know, about primarily about leading people to Jesus. But if you lead them there and leave them there, mm-hmm. I mean, they just die on the vine. Right. But he actually gets into what I believe is actually discipleship, about actually bringing them into a knowledge of the word, Jesus Christ himself, yeah. not just not head knowledge of scripture. Mm-hmm. And uh, that component take, that's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, you know, and that's why probably why he, now that I think about it, that's why he called it how to work for Christ. <laughs> <laughs> not how to cruise in with right. Christ. <laughs> how to go to Taco Bell with people yeah, how to go to for Taco Christ. Bell with people. <laughs> that's what I do sometimes. It's good though. That's your discipling. Uh, it is. It, a let's go. Know, <laughs> it, builds, it builds consistency. <laughs> 
Yes. Um, you know, I do think like in our modern society, like sometimes we don't have that, you know, father mothering relationship, but we can build consistency and, you know, being there for people and having appointments and doing that is of great value um, because you're actually initiating and you're reaching out to someone, but it's all what you do when you're there. So you could say like, oh, I had coffee with someone. I have coffee with them every week and never really be discipling them and never right. really be asking hard questions mm-hmm. and never be correcting them. That's an element of discipleship. It's, a, it's an important thing is that you're cha- you challenge and you mm-hmm. stretch them and you grow them. And that's not fun for either either side. It's hard to be the person saying like, okay, yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stretch. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to stretch you. I'm mm-hmm. going to grow you. And then the other person's like, okay, you know, but hopefully at that point they trust mm-hmm. you enough to be wanting to do it because Jesus – um, you know, always he's like the best example. He he challenged their faith. He asked hard questions. He like tweaked their minds mm-hmm. about how, how they thought about things, you know. And the other component that I love about how Jesus discipled is that he um, he didn't just call one person to disciple. He called a group and they're and they had to learn how to walk things out with other people. Yeah. You know, absolutely. and like the dynamics of like personalities rubbing on each other and, and competition and comparison and all (laughs) who's going to be the greatest. And you know, my mother and tell her (laughs) to tell you, you're going to be carried around when you're old. And he's like, what about this guy? You know, what's going to happen to him? And like, Jesus is bearing with these, does his disciples who at so many times like, don't get it are arguing with each other are competing with each other. Don't know who they are. But he never like tried to sterilize that environment. You know what right. I mean? Like he never tried to um, prevent them from being in conflict with each other. Right. He taught them how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And that was, I, he's just like a master discipler, you know, he's like, <laughs> the master. <laughs> the master. The master. The Jesus. But it's like requiring people to learn how to walk with someone, with other people. Right. You know, like how many people are like, well, I'm discipled because I listen to these sermons online mm-hmm. or I meet with my mentor you know, once a month or whatever, but it's like, are you, is your discipler actually requiring you to learn how to love people and to Mm -hmm. walk with them and work out your issues with them? You know, that's. Yeah. Well, when you have kids, you go through that too, you know? And so it's, it is a, you know, it's kind of a little. uh, And that's the parenting thing, right? It's the parenting component. You're not trying to just like keep everyone separate and mitigate all the issues. It's like, learn how to deal with it. Yeah, Sooner or later, they're going to have to work it out together Mm -hmm. and be true brothers and sisters that love that or have a, you know, that bond of love, but also know how to work it out in life because Mm -hmm. true discipleship, what, you know, God's wanting for, from us as a disciple is to be able to walk in through life and take care of the business of life. Right. Right. It's yeah. It's, it's God's business. It's heavenly business. We get that. It's kingdom business. Mm-hmm. But we can make that so ethereal all the time. In reality, most of the time when people fail in Christianity, because you know, when even when they're discipling, is because they ha- they don't know how to work out life together in a true Christian biblical way. They ignore all the basic truths and resort to their feelings. And then everybody gets their feelings hurt 
goes to their corners, just mm-hmm. like little kids. I mean, I've had four, so I you know, have a little more experience than you guys. But, hey, you guys, you know, you're right. getting there. Oh, and yeah. when they, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you'll have a few more, you know. Let me prophesy, spiritual, that, over, spiritual let children. Me prophesy that over you. <laughs> but, um, wow. yeah, but there's a reality there is how people work out their life together. And right. it's not own, always in differences, but it's also – in when people are doing well together. Mm. Because one of the greatest things about discipleship, like Jesus did, was he wanted to promote his disciples. Mm-hmm. He wanted to bring them into... Who's the greatest. Yes. <laughs> Who's the greatest, right? <laughs> the greatest. Yes. You be the servant. And he didn't rebuke them for that. No. He just taught them what greatness actually was he in the kingdom, said, right? He's like, that desire that's in you is not evil. Exactly. But let me let me teach you the, the eternal perspective of it. Well, Jesus was so awesome because they're like, oh, who's the greatest? He's like, look at this kid. Right. What do you think about him? He's the greatest. <laughs> He's never <laughs> preached a sermon. He's never healed anyone. But he knows what faith is. He knows who I am. Like he is the lowest, but he's connected, right? And so there is that, like you're saying, like discipleship's promoting, but it's also, you know, it's correcting, it's shaping, and it's like it's focusing them on being a son and being Mm -hmm. being a child of God, Mm -hmm. which we don't always get right either. So you know, that's just also never pulling from them that desire that you were talking about Mm -hmm. to actually excel. And be great in God, which is not a great in just self, (laughs) right? It's God gets the glory, right? No flesh glories in his birth. But to not take that away from a a young child Mm -hmm. or a disciple, a person you're disciple, it's like, no, you have greatness in God, uh, but it has to be God greatness. It can't just be your self greatness and everything else around you. Everybody else has to kowtow to you. No, you have to bring everybody around you yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, do you think there's a difference between, well, let me say it like this can you be a Christian and not be a disciple? And you can be a Christian in name, mm-hmm. I think, and yeah. not be a true disciple. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think you can come to the Lord. Uh, see, I, I have this thing where I believe there's a difference between uh, God when He's our Savior. And when he's our Lord, mm-hmm. most of the time people in Christianity just go, he's my Lord and Savior. I actually don't believe that because I think bringing him into a place where he's your Lord requires more than just initial receiving him where he's doing all the work mm-hmm. to a place where Lord, now you're submitting. Now it's it's requiring you to bring something to him. So I think that, yes, you could be a Christian and not a yeah. disciple. So we've been talking a lot about discipleship, but is there a difference between discipleship and mentoring, mentoring someone? Oh, look into me. All right. I'll go for it. <laughs> My mentor, please answer the mentoring the dean, question. The, the dean, dean is going yes. to answer. Um, I believe there's a significant difference, and it's a little strange. It's my own pet little thing. But I actually believe that a disciple is actually picked by the discipler. And I believe that a mentor is actually picked by the mentee. So it goes in a different direction. And I also believe that people confuse the two a lot because a mentor can give you some great advice and, you know, really help your life in so many ways. It's wonderful. It's not, there's nothing bad about it. But a discipler, they are, they're 
they're bonded to you. They're, they should be like covenanting with mm. you. They should be uh, connected to your life in such a way so that your uh, success and your uh, growth is uh, uh, really part of their life. And it it, it help it, it enhances their life, but it also is like they have they're vested in you, mm-hmm. and it's not a monetary investment. They are vested in your life. They want to see you succeed in God, which is not always success or making a bunch of money or you know having twelve billion followers. It, it's not that. That'd be nice it's, though. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> you could have all that. According to the Bible, lose your soul. And, yeah, how nice. that looks. Nice. <laughs> what do you think, Liz? That was a heavy. That was a heavy drop right there. Yeah, yeah drop the whole soul uh, thing there. Sorry. I know one of the things that uh, you've taught also is that a mentor could mentor you in like one aspect of your life. Like I had a, a mentor in worship leading, right? Who taught me, kind of gave me feedback, gave me some advice, kind of walked me through the process of learning how to lead a congregation in worship. Mm-hmm. But they didn't speak to any other parts of my life, really. You know, they weren't speaking to my character necessarily. They weren't walking with me through other things and relationships. You know what I mean? So I think mentoring can be a lot more narrow in focus, whereas discipleship is really the whole person, right? You're speaking to their, their body, soul, spirit, really, in a lot of ways. I think that's one of the significant differences is someone could ask someone to mentor them, you know, teach me how to teach me how to preach. Right. Mm -hmm. But they may not be like opening the door of like that, David, I want you to disciple my whole life. And that's important to know, like if someone's coming to you, like what are they really asking? Mm -hmm. Are they asking you to disciple them? And do they really know what that means? Mm -hmm. Because someone say, you know, I want you to disciple me. And again, that would be your decision if you're like, because you're going to invest your whole life in them. You know, yeah. So I think that's one of the key differences is mentoring could be a lot more narrow mm. and focused. That would be good You know that to even define the relationship with someone and make sure that you know what their expectations are mm-hmm. and what they want you to speak into. And even that's something just discipling people or mentoring people that I'll often ask of, you know, hey, do you want me to, to share this with you? Do you want me to speak into this area in your life? Or I've seen a few things. I've been praying about these things. Do you, do you want me to share these with you? And they'll say yes 99% of the time. But it gives you access to say it. So if you, if you want to say it, it's just a little a cheat code, you know, for people <laughs> that are code, yeah. mentoring. But I think that's yeah. so important that they, that they know. Well, and mentoring too. Like I may ask someone to mentor me in a, in a skill but I don't want them like I don't want them speaking into my marriage. They may not be someone that I want to emulate. Gotcha. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like so, uh, I don't know if that sounds really harsh or judgmental no, or anything. Yeah, but yeah. it's like um, a, a mentoring relationship is can be very defined. And whereas a discipler, if I'm if someone's asking to to disciple me or they're stepping into that position in my life, I'm going to look at their whole life. What does their whole life look like? Mm-hmm. Not just this one area that they're really skilled in. Because if they're developing my whole person, I'm going to look at their whole person and it, like, is this someone that I want to emulate? Is this someone that I want? Do I want what they have to be reproduced in my life right. in every area? And that's a pretty significant question. Yeah, I think also that uh, if I came to you and wanted you to mentor me in an area, I'm giving you license in a very specific mm-hmm. area, and it's it may be narrow, it could be wide, it could be several areas. Mm-hmm. Um, but for discipleship, 
I'm not giving you license. I'm I'm submitting to your to you looking into my life yeah. and me being part of your life. And that's it, there's such a to me it's very significant difference between the two. They're not they there may be overlaps. I understand that. Mm-hmm. A person when you're discipling somebody, you could be mentoring them at times in certain areas and things. But I believe a lot of times people mentor a person in ministry but don't ever disciple them in character building necessarily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I know uh, here, which is very interesting, at our school, we integrate the two all the time. So when we're dealing with a person, we're dealing with really their character primarily. Um, yes, they're going to get a lot of education. They're going to get a lot of you know other areas that they're going to be equipped in, uh, you know, in and licensed, if you will, in ministry, they're going to, they're going to, uh, be activated in areas, but none of that's going to mean anything if they're not, if their character's off. Mm-hmm. And that, that's a, so Jesus, when he mentored his guys, he was interested in their character, Absolutely. you know, and that's, I mean, that's a significant difference. He wasn't, um, maybe he was just mentoring, uh, Judas, <laughs> but not discipling. Not discipling. <laughs> it's hard to tell. <laughs> I think he wanted to give him a chance, but you know, <laughs> but I think, but it, the reality is, you know, uh, the, some of those guys did not, they just did, they didn't want their character, yeah. uh, challenged. And when he challenged their character, that's when, that's when you see discipleship in action. That doesn't happen anymore, though, does it? <laughs> like in our modern time. Um, that ended. Yeah, it ended the, back the then. Book of Acts. Uh, that's a, that's a, that was a <laughs> that was an Acts church. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and what a good example you brought up. You know, Jesus and <laughs> and Judas. Judas was discipled by the same person that Peter was. Yes. Right, and and obviously very different different outcomes there, and so. Um, it's just, you know, sometimes as disciplers, um, there's an expect, there's such a pressure, I think sometimes for people to be like, well, it, it has to produce this fruit or this outcome, or if someone fails, it means I failed or I right. didn't do something right or I wasn't good enough. And it's like, for some reason, when we always look at the negative, like Jesus had 11, you know, wonderful, flawed genuine disciples yes. <laughs> who, who stuck with the faith and right. then one who didn't. But as human beings, we so often focus on the one that seems to be a failure, you know, and it really is like you could be the perfect discipler right. like Jesus and people still have a free will and they have to bring themselves to being discipled and they actually have to bring their whole soul and their whole life to it and be willing to be changed and to be transformed. And that's something that even the most powerful, perfect discipler like Jesus cannot force someone into, manipulate someone into, right. m- motivate them into, you know, it's just... Don't you wish it was like perfect all the time? Like, you yeah. know, you have such a perfect doctrine and a perfect Jesus that everything's going to be perfect all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's not because you have, like you said, that free will element um, and the willingness... And even when a person has a pretty good heart, I'm going to even say they have a pure heart, they still have to work through their stuff in Mm -hmm. discipleship because that's the part that, that's the rub in discipleship. That's where you have to get into the dirt. Mm -hmm. And it's not just, here's a bunch of information. 
once you get this information down, you're a disciple. Right. And it doesn't work that way. It can never work that way, actually. Because, you know, I mean, Jesus didn't just pump his guys with a bunch of information. Right. He cared about their lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think when I hear that distinction between mentoring and discipling and how discipling touches the whole life and they're going to be imitating your whole life, uh, it's a challenge to me. I take it as that um, Paul said in 1 Corinthians mm-hmm. 11, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And it's a bold statement to make. You have to be, you know, there might be many people listening that say, I need to start making disciples. And, and you should if you're listening. And you should have someone discipling you at all times, and you should be discipling other people. And if you're starting that path, it's a challenge to you uh, to walk the talk and to actually open up your life to the Lord, to live in community, and to not hide. Liz mentioned mm-hmm. a great thing earlier where she said that Jesus discipled within a, a community and within a group of people because you can't hide in a group. Like mm-hmm. In a group and if you're living life day to day, you can't hide your marriage. Like You, you can't hide how you parent. <laughs> you can't hide um, even how you speak, how you, the jokes that you make. You, can't, you can only put on a face for so long. And eventually people are going to see things and say things. And you have to be willing to take that sort of a criticism. And you have to be willing to let your ego die and say, I'm, I'm imitating Jesus. I'm, I'm doing the best I can, but yeah, I, I made a mistake there. I'm here to represent grace to you. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to represent somebody that has it all figured out and somebody that's a great moral religious achiever. If that's what you want to represent, if you follow Jesus, you could be just like me. That would be such a sad thing to have to, I'm glad I get to be a, you know, a gospel person well i think that means grace can come to me too as a discipler well yes but i believe also that you know the pharisees were really good at setting up in the bible and the sadducees also for that matter um a discipleship program Mm uh that wasn't really discipleship because it created this strange hierarchy Mm -hmm. and it uh it it wasn't so much to the heart of man because they they made exceptions they could get away with stuff you know because they were that guy or they were connected to somebody that was important. And so, and so, so some of the basic stuff, and that's why when Jesus came in, when you see what he was doing was actually uh, interrogating their discipleship method or what they called discipleship. Mm-hmm. But in reality, they just for, formed a club. And by the way, the club knew all the scriptures like that didn't matter. So they Memorized had all them. this, yeah, they had all this head knowledge, but no heart there. So that's why they could do so many strange things. So contradictory to God and the word of God and you, and still be under the, you know, no, we're Pharisees and we're of this guy and we're, of you know, and, and it, 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 you know, it is, it's, it's just a show. It has not, and that's what Jesus was so against, and that's why when he's grabbing his guys, he's like, "No, this is what a disciple does. This right. is how a disciple is must behave." And they get called out on it, and it gets, and it gets kind of public too. That's the other side of it. Like you can't just like sweep it under the rug, and let's not let's make sure that nobody thinks bad about you, Peter. 
Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. Or as I call you other times, Satan. I was going to say, have you ever called one of your disciples Satan? Probably a few. But only the really, really bad ones. It wasn't until later they started calling him Saint Peter. <laughs> right. I love Peter. I identify with him so much. I'm glad that he's, I'm glad he's in there. The first time he's in there, they're like, did he say Saint Peter or Saint oh. Peter? <laughs> no. I know. Gosh. Could have gone either he's way. Right now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Holding the keys of heaven. Oh, wait, no, that's, that's Jesus. So, um, yeah, discipling and kind of going well, off track. I was going to ask you, David, because you were talking about um, as disciplers, right, we're, that should cause us to kind of check our lives. Like, am I, am I actually imitating Christ? Am I willing for someone to imitate me? Is my life worth imitating <laughs> uh, is a good question. But I was going to ask you, like, if someone is looking for someone to disciple them or, you know, what should they, what should they be looking for? What are the characters and the, and the quality? Cause it's obvious, obviously it's not having to do everything right, mm-hmm. but what are the important things? Yeah. It's like anything else. I would say it's, it's the direction of someone's life, not the perfection of, of their life. And so mm-hmm. you're looking at somebody, if you want to be discipled, that person should be a disciple. I like when people are teachable, when they're hungry. Mm-hmm. And so I want to learn from somebody that's hungry for the presence of God, is always hungry for more, because that's where they're going to take me. And they're always, re- the Lord's revealing to them more. The Lord is already using them, maybe in ways that I want to be used, that I'm not there yet. I know um, Pastor Bob here has mentored me in, in deliverance right, and in, in prophecy, areas that I coming from a Baptist evangelical background, wasn't so immersed in before, but I had hunger for that. So I, I knew that Bob was pursuing that and that he was teachable, that, that he could learn, that he had a disciple's mentality and that he walked it out. And so you really should look at somebody being genuine, uh, being able to be a person who receives grace, who receives mm-hmm. revelation, who is learning from Jesus, not somebody that's going to just give you every answer. Somebody that's never going to open up their life to you, never going to tell you stories about their kids, never going to tell you about problems they had in the past. That type of a person can't help you. Wait a minute. They really it can't sounds help you. like you're, ta- you're saying... Unless you're perfect, they can help it you. It sounds like you're saying, David, that discipleship is not a three-year program and a certificate. It's four years. It's four years. <laughs> right. And Jesus missed the last yeah, year yeah. with his guys? Or what happened there exactly? He was on the throne. He was doing it on like, the throne. the throne, yes. Holy Spirit. I, I, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. Program. He's going to do the graduate course because I can't handle mm-hmm. this with you guys anymore. Holy Spirit has but, a lot of patience. Yeah, but the, yes, yeah. he's lots of patience. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but what, what do you, I mean, that's the deal is that a, dis, a person who's a discipler must always be in the process of being discipled. Or else you grow to a place where you're not uh, you're not teachable and you're not touchable mm. by God, not just by people around you, because then nobody nobody can teach you anything and nobody can speak into your life, and that is a problem with hierarchy in church. Yes, mm. when when or just in any kind of relationship, when you set up a hierarchy where someone's not touchable or they're not accountable to anybody, mm. you have a real issue with that kind of discipleship. I don't believe that's true discipleship because then they are, like I said, they're untouchable. Mm. And that's not the way it was supposed to be. I believe that Jesus opened his life to his guys. By the way, I think they saw him 
get tempted in every way. And I don't mean just in the, you know, wilderness, like in his life as a human being, Mm -hmm. if he was tempted in every way, yet without sin, they got to see him experience that. They had to. And so he, they had to know, and that might mess with some people's theology that, uh, he was number one, temptable. And number two, he could have fallen as a man. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's real. And so if, if you have a person that you're looking to, that's discipling you and you go, well, they, it's not possible for them to be tempted and it's not possible them to, for them to fall. You've set up like a false pretense about disciples. Mm-hmm. He could have fallen. He wouldn't have fallen. He could have, but he wouldn't have. Right. But we would. Right. I, I would. And we do. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's important to know both sides of that. The difference between the exalted son of God I like that and she, me. He says would, she says did. Yeah. And did. Yeah. Yes. It, ha- it happens, man. <laughs> that's He's still our savior, even we're following him as Lord. It's, uh, yeah. And we can still, still disciple, there. right? Even right. though we're we're not we're not perfect. We're right. not like Jesus completely yet. Mm-hmm. We hope to be like him. And that is the work of the church. But um, part of effective discipleship, too, is that when you're sharing your life with people, they see your mistakes. They see that you don't do everything right. They see, you know, when my husband and I fight in front of them and they're all like, okay. And I'm like, okay. Then they can also see how you work through that, right? How you yeah. um, love each other, how you can come through weaknesses. And and it, that is part of mm-hmm. discipling also right. is so, that they see – Yes, you're not perfect, you're far from it, but there is a way, there's grace, there's repentance, there's forgiveness, there's receiving of, you know, the Lord's ability. And that is such an important part of discipling that people are not going to get through a, a YouTube video or even like a, just, you know, a, a podcast. Like we're not discipling everyone right now. No, we're, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> we have ways to disciple people, but... But actually, we're urging people to find discipleship. Exactly. That's the deal. That's what we're just, talking about here. You know, so and so disciple. I'm their disciple because I watch their YouTube videos. If they're not, if you're not walking through daily life with someone and and seeing these things, and they can't challenge your faith, and they can't um, stretch you and confront you and correct you and encourage you and speak to the situation that happened to you yesterday, that's discipling. And I think yeah. there's so much. Um, use a hard word like delusion in the body of Christ right now because people think that they are being discipled by someone that they have never met. Mm. They've incredible. never they've never walked with. They don't know that person's life, and that person doesn't know their life. That's not that's not discipling. Yeah, they're not in a position to call you out on your stuff. Right. By the way, I think in a big hunk of discipleship is not just calling somebody out on their stuff. It's actually empowering them, equipping mm-hmm. them, and you know, being like maybe their best cheerleader and all that. But it reminds me of, and it's something we've discussed, I know, many times in the past, is like what happens when a disciple is uh what happens in discipleship when it doesn't when it goes sideways or someone doesn't like what you're saying? Like what ha- what actually happens? And for me, I know that I have people that I've discipled over the years. Um, and when I corrected them, even though I may have, you know, been their biggest cheer, cheerleader and helped and equipped, when I corrected them, it hurt. Oh, it hurt me 
but it also hurt them. And, and this is what happens is many times when that happens, people pull back away from you, which is a dangerous part. It's the mm-hmm. troubling part of discipleship. It's just like Jesus, you know, John 6 saying, hey, you're going to take off too? Mm-hmm. I mean, he was challenging their faith. He was challenging everything about their religion, about what they knew, what was written in black and white for them. He was coming, he was saying, hey, this is a new thing here. And uh, when, I believe when we disciple people, we bring them to that new thing in God that they have not seen before or yeah. else they don't need you. Well, <laughs> disciples will bring their disciples to a place of decision. Yes. Right? So that it's like, here's what is available to you. Here's the truth. Now decide. Mm-hmm. You're not getting that from mm-hmm. a YouTube message. You're getting that from someone that's in your life. And, that, and there's an accountability and there's a requirement there of if we're going to continue to walk together, this is what this takes. And yeah. that's that's crucial. It's crucial we have that. And I, it's crucial for me that I have that in my life. Mm-hmm. That someone's like, look, you have to, this can't continue anymore. Make a decision. Yeah. You know, which is really uh, for our school, I know that that's such a major component of our school that we are in the lives of people and we bring them to decision. We don't just let them skate by like, oh, yeah, I did the homework or, you know, I said the right words. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to speak into their life. You know, we're going to speak to who they are when we're discipling them. Um, and like I said, I know that not everybody in our school is discipled. I, I get that part mm-hmm. too. But there are some. And it's interesting when that starts to happen. And I think, you know, people, even people listening to this thing today, you know, we're talking about how discipleship actually works. Like what's the inner workings of it? And what's the hard part about it? What's the rub? What And what's the great part mm-hmm. about it? Because there's so many right. great things about right. discipleship because you cannot grow alone. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, discipleship is is the way Jesus laid out for his church to expand. It's not by getting mm-hmm. 200,000 people in a stadium, even though that's mm-hmm. great. It's not by writing a book, even though that's helpful. It's by reproducing yourself mm-hmm. in the spirit in yeah, someone. It's by forming Christ in someone. And one disciple can change so many lives. Someone who, one person who really gets it is of more value to the kingdom than 10,000 people who kind of tasted it once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord wants us to be giving ourselves away and replicating ourselves because that is exponential growth. It's not linear growth. Right. It's multiplication. It's not addition. Yeah. And so it can be on the surface, it looks like you're not having as much of an impact. When you devote yourself to discipleship as opposed to more numerically pleasing to the flesh type results, you devote yourself to discipling those six kids in your youth group, to discipling your kids, to discipling a small church of 20 people, right? Whatever your ministry is, it might seem incredibly small, but in the kingdom, it's leaven, right? It's power. It's, it's going to spread. And we don't see that see it that way in the flesh unless our mm-hmm. mind has been renewed. Mm-hmm. And that's the greatness. That's the exciting thing about discipleship is when you see it, you're not just calling someone out, like you said. Okay. You're calling out God's will for them. You're calling out their, their giftings, and you're saying you're not going to bury that talent mm-hmm. because when you get out there, you are going to bring in 10 times as much, 30 times as much, 100-fold as much. And so it, it takes faith to believe that. I think it also takes vision um, because I think a discipler, someone who disciples people, has to see that and know that. They need to understand 
what they're doing, the impact they're having, and the, like you say, the multiplication aspect of it. Um, it's really interesting, a little side story. The other, <laughs> the other night at our church, we were having, a, there was a kid's camp, and the kids were getting baptized. They were actually fairly young for our church, to be honest with you. Not all of them, some of them that really wanted it. Mm-hmm. But in the process and after the baptism, they came uh, together and they started praying together and some adults were praying with them. And I remember Holy Spirit speaking to me and saying, and I, I turned to my wife, I go, there are like pastors and apostles and teachers in there. Like mm-hmm. I'm looking, I'm seeing, like it was all of a sudden I was like, pop, pop, pop. like I'm like, whoa, <laughs> you know, and I'm not going to go over and start prophesying that over some kid, but it was so intense. Like, no, this is what's, this is what I've got. And so discipleship speaks to not just the fivefold ministry and everything that's involved in that, but the future of God's church yeah. and the future of Jesus in us. Mm-hmm. And people are worth that time. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's not what is my ministry going to achieve? Right. H- how effective am I? Am I a successful pastor? Am I a successful teacher or ministry leader? Is, is this person getting everything the Lord wants to give them through me? Have I, when when you approach discipleship, are you praying for that person before you sit down with them? Are you giving yourself to them? Um, Paul said, we're willing in in first Thessalonians, we're willing to share with them, not only the gospel, but our own selves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always such a challenge when the word speaks that sort of thing. Yeah. But that's the joy of it too, right? Is that, um, they share their full selves and I share my full self. And there is this exchange that happens. Discipleship is never this, like you said, this one-way thing of like, let me just let me from on high impart to you all of my lofty knowledge. It's like there's an exchange of life and joy and struggle and faith. Like there's a there's yeah. a as a as someone who's discipling, like they they infuse you with faith at times, you know, and it's so wonderful. Mm-hmm. And then. Uh, always going back to this, you know, father-mother thing that happens because we're talking about reproducing. That's yes. what fathers and mothers do. Yes. But then it's like you see your children walking in mm-hmm. greatness and walking in, like I have no greater joy than seeing my children mm-hmm. walk in truth, right? Mm-hmm. It's like that is – there's such a joy that comes in I, that. I want to say to that is that there's a reward that comes. Yes. Now, I know we have this great reward and all that stuff, but, mm-hmm. you know – there are uh, rewards here also that are from God, and they we see that in people. When we see uh, people, our sons, our daughters, not just natural but spiritual, uh, shining not just for God but with God, mm. there's such a reward there. There's nothing mm. like it. Exactly. It is yeah. the best. Mm. Well, thank you, Pastor Bob. Thank you, Liz. Mm. I learned a lot today. I have a lot to think about. We are so grateful for you guys tuning in and listening to us today. Maybe you had questions as you listen. Maybe you had thoughts. You wonder, how do I start discipling people? How do I get into the Great Commission? What is involved with me becoming a disciple? You can contact us if you have those questions. We're on social media platforms. We are on YouTube. But you can also go to our website, spiritschoolofministry.com. Leave us a contact in the contact form. We'll be uh, in touch with you. And we're honored to have you with us. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to get the latest episode. And for more information, visit spiritschoolofministry.com.